Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Hapasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. The way of victory. And that is the teaching today. The way of victory. Let me read from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you shall open our spiritual eyes to see the light of your truth and open our ears to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say. Help us to open our heart to receive the truth and help us to be the doer of your word, not just the listener or hearer of the word. Help us, Father. We want to build our house on the rock that when the storm and when the rain comes, we will not be destroyed, but we can stand firm to the end, Father. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. This is one of the teachings in the series, The Way to Victory. And this is the second part. I taught this two weeks ago, the sermon called Humbly Receive Correction. So I will continue to the end today. Last time I taught only half of the lesson. I want to say to you one more time that you have a choice in your life. Everyone has a free will. You can choose life or you can choose death. You can choose blessing or you can choose cursing. For me, I choose life and the blessing of God. You can choose preaching or you can choose repentance. Repentance is the way out from destruction. Actually, the word repentance is not popular in the church today, but it's in the Bible, and it's a good word. Hebrews chapter 12, I review a little bit, verses 8 to 11. The Bible talks about God's discipline or God's correction or reproof because we make mistakes, because we are not perfect. No one in this room, including Pastor Lau, knows everything. And we don't do everything right and correct every time. We all make mistakes because of our immaturity, our lack of experiences, or our ignorance, or sometimes our stubbornness. Therefore, God needs to come and correct us. And the way he corrects us, he can speak to us directly, or he can use somebody to talk to us. In Hebrew 12, 8 to 11, I review a little bit. If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes, everyone say everyone, undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true son. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and have respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our father disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. 
but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Brother and sister, every one of us as a believer need God's correction. If the correction of God comes, don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. I get corrected by God so many times in my life. So many times. Actually, almost every day. God is going to speak to me something, and I say, yes, Lord, I'm going to change the way I live. Discipline is not fun. Discipline is painful. But it doesn't destroy us. It doesn't put us down. In fact, discipline will straighten us out and get us out from calamity and destruction and put us back in the path of the blessing and victory again. You can choose to be stubborn and continue to do wrong thing and get off the path and get worse and worse and worse. Or you can choose to say, I'm humble, I received your correction, and I'm going to change. You don't need to repent or respond to discipline. Do you know why? Because you have your own choice. God will not force you to repent. You need to make a choice to repent yourself. God will not force anybody to repent. We are living in a generation that correction is rare now, even in the church, because the pastor is concerned that if the pastor preached too strong, people will leave the church and the income of the church will drop. That's not pastor Lao. I'm not here for your money. I'm here to make you mature and strong and be used of God. And God is pleased with you and you will be fruitful for the kingdom of God. Therefore, don't be shocked if you hear the correction from me and Pastor Da or receive from the pulpit or from God or from others. Amen. We all need correction. And when we face correction or come to the correction of God, we have two choices. The first choice is to say, I don't care. I'm going to continue to be stubborn and I will do my own things. Or another choice, you say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm wrong. I'm going to change. You can choose. You can give all the excuses and rationale not to believe in God. Sometimes I correct some member and they just keep talking, keep giving all the rationale. And I back off and say, it's up to you, between you and God. Today, we're going to learn about a man in the Bible. You're going to see that if you don't repent, what's going to happen? Amen. Let's look at verse 12 to 15. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Be strong, in other words. Be strong to do the right thing. Make level paths for your feet. So that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. God wants to heal you. He doesn't want you to be weak and be destroyed by the enemy. Make every effort to live in peace with all men, to be holy without holiness. No one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Ye have the choice. The choice is to respond to God and share His holiness 
and live a victorious life and be strong. Another choice is that we're going to be stubborn, bitter. Sometimes we're bitter against God when God disciplines us. Sometimes we are bitter against people who correct us, that God sent to talk to us, and we are mad. We start to gossip and talk bad about that person, or even walk away and leave the church after the leader corrects us. I pray that you all will be humble. When you receive correction, you say, Lord, I'm happy to change. Show me the right way what to do. I have faith that you're going to show me the right way. Sometimes, you know, in our ignorance and imperfection, we go on with life and we think we are okay. But one day God may correct us through a sermon, to the Bible, or to somebody. And you may say, I have been doing this for 30 years. Why have to change? And God says, stop right now. Change right now. And you can keep arguing and use all kind of rationale to argue with God. And if you keep doing that, eventually what happens? You're going to end up just like Esau and another man named Cain. You're going to end up that way. You're going to start to be troublemaker, cause a lot of trouble to people. Just what the Bible said a while ago. Let me share with you that not everybody on this earth can correct you. Not everybody. Not everybody can come and walk to me and correct me. Look at the Bible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. Everyone say, in the Lord. And admonish you. In our Christian walk, we need to be led by the Spirit to be connected to a group of people. And to our spiritual leader. That spiritual leader or those spiritual leaders have the right from the Holy Spirit or the anointing or the grace to be able to correct us and admonish us. Christians who live out there, no church, no pastor, no one can correct them, are in the limbo situation. They are in a very dangerous situation. Because no one can talk into their life and they keep going downhill and no one can correct them. I myself don't walk into another church and correct other people's member. It's not my business. Sometimes my patients walk in, they come from another church, they talk about something, about their spiritual life. I keep my mouth shut. You need to go back to your pastor. I'm not in the place to correct you. You need to listen to your pastor. And people who can correct you are anointed by God. It's not that they know the Bible more than you. Some of you may know Greek and Hebrew. I don't know Greek and Hebrew. And you say, oh, he doesn't know Greek and Hebrew. He cannot correct me. No, it's not about the knowledge. It's about the anointing. It's about the grace. It's about God's position or place in your life. God wants to put somebody into your life so that you can be corrected when you do wrong. Amen? And when you hear the word of correction from those people that God put over you, you need to respond with respect. Sometimes people might call you up and say, I want to talk to you, confront you. And you may think, who are you? Why do you want to confront me? 
And I understand sometimes you don't want to hear from somebody because they have no relationship with you. Why you tell me what to do? But if somebody God put over your life in the Lord called you, I recommend respect that anointing. Shut your mouth and listen. Because when you listen to that man, he may not be right 100%, but you are respecting God who anoint that person to correct you. Amen. Amen. Now, we need to be careful. Let me read verse 15 one more time. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Again, the scripture in Hebrew chapter 12, the context is about correction, discipline, repenting, doing the right thing so you can get out from problem. But verse 15 warns us, hey, be careful if you don't receive correction, if you don't repent, what's going to happen next? You're going to be bitter, resentful, angry, mad, and upset. And you're going to start to do something to cause trouble. You may call people around and say, I don't like that pastor. He corrects me. And I want to encourage all of you, if somebody come to you with a bad attitude or with bitterness and try to stir up the trouble in the church to talk to you about your leaders, I want you to run away as soon as possible because bitterness is contagious. Bitterness is a bad disease. You don't want it to jump on you. You know why? Because the Bible says bitterness will cause you to miss out on God's kindness and grace. I and Pastor Dad talked yesterday at home. We say that we really depend on the grace of God every day. We need the grace of God. I need the grace of God in my surgery. I need the grace of God when I talk to my patient. I need the grace of God when I drive the car so that I will not get into an accident. I need the grace of God in my financial investment so that I will not lose money in my coming and going. I don't want to miss the grace of God. And what makes people miss the grace of God is that they're stubborn, they're bitter, and they are unrepentant. I don't want to do that. And the Bible talks about a man who missed the grace of God. In Hebrew, chapter 12, Verse 16 to 17, the Bible talks about Esau. And see that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as he as the oldest son. Afterward, you know, talking about Esau, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. He missed the grace of God. He did not get the blessing. He could bring about no change of mind. That is in NIV. In New King James Version say, For he found no place for repentance. He was so stubborn. Esau was so stubborn. He did not want to repent at all. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. Is it possible that people cry without repentance? Yes. There are two kinds of sorrow. Godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. Esau had a worldly sorrow. 
He was mad. He lost the blessing. He did not get what he wanted. That's why he cried. But the Bible say he did not repent. He missed the grace of God. If he repented, it would be the different story. Today, now that is the review from last time. Now we're going to come to today's message. I want some of you who didn't come last time to understand what I'm talking about. Now we're going to talk about a man named Cain. Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. Genesis 4, 1 to 5. Now Adam has sexual relations with his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd. Why Cain cultivated the ground? When it was time from the harvest, I read this from NLT, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift. The best, everyone said the best, of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. And he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry. And he looked dejected. The story of Cain and Abel is a perfect example of the subject correction and repentance. Cain was the first child born on this planet Earth. The first baby delivery. The first pregnancy of a woman. He was the first born child. Cain and Abel learned from their parents, Adam and Eve, there was a living God who created you. You need to honor him. He is your creator. And they were taught by the parents to give the offering of thanksgiving to the Lord. So Cain brought the offering, but was not qualified. But Abel brought the best offering that was qualified by God. So God accepted Abel's offering. My question is, when you put money in the offering bag, will God accept your offering every time? Good question. Actually, he doesn't care about your money. He cares about your heart. How do you give? What kind of heart do you have? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. When you give everything from your heart by faith, you do the best you can. The best you can do connected to faith. The Lord accepted Abel's offering because he did it by faith. He did it with honor. He wanted to honor the Lord. But Cain, who did not, imagine this, he is a farmer. He has basket of fruit and vegetable. He said, oh, this is the time of offering now. He walked to one of his basket. He picked up something, the vegetable and fruit. Okay, here, put it. Okay, Lord, this is your offering. 
He did not care. His heart was not in it. He did not do it the best he could. He did not do it with faith and honor in his heart. But on the opposite side, Abel, in contrast, Abel was praying, God, what I should give to you. I love you. You created me. You are my father. I want to honor you. So he walked to his flocks. He saw a f- many, many firstborn lamb, firstborn lamb, many of them. And he looked at the first one named Fufu. Fufu. Look at Fufu. Fufu has one ear kind of broken. Then he walked to Fifi. Fifi, one of the four legs is shortened. Then he walked to another firstborn lamb named Fluffy. He looked at the Fluffy and he said, wow, that day the photographer from the modern farming magazine took his picture and put in the front cover of that magazine. He looks so awesome, perfect, everything, the ear, the eyes. He is in the front page, front cover. He's the most expensive one, and he is the, it's going to cost him a lot to give that to God. And when he look at Fluffy, he say, this one for God, the most expensive one, not a sloppy one, not a junk one. I'm going to give the best of my firstborn lambs to the Lord. God saw his heart and he was very pleased with his sacrifices and offerings. He received the offering from Abel. You need to understand this. God does not just look at the natural thing. God look at your heart. Whether you do it by faith, honor, you do it to the best you can, is your heart in it? You do it to honor God or not? It's not just dump money in the bag. No. You honor God. You want to give the best to God. Cain was so mad. Cain got mad at his brother. (laughs) Cain was very upset with Abel. What did Abel do to him? Nothing. Abel did not tell him, yeah, you brought the worst kind to give to God. Abel did not set up something that Cain would look bad. No, Abel didn't do anything. He just gave the best because he loved God. But Cain was so mad because Abel's offering made him look bad. He decided, everyone say decided. Everyone has a choice, is it right? We have a choice. He decided to think that Abel was the main problem of my trouble. I don't like him anymore. He is the bad guy. He brought fluffy, but I brought just some junk from my basket. Abel's offering make him look very bad. And you know, at that time, correction come, and correction was hard on people who are prideful. When you're prideful, correction is very difficult. Genesis 4, 5 to 7. Are you happy to hear this message? So everyone's so quiet today. No amen that much. Okay. I know the seat is very hot right now. Very. But he did not accept Cain and his gift. 
This made Cain was very angry, and he looked dejected. Then God corrected him. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked him, asked Cain, why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Let me ask this question. When the Lord asks you a question, will you answer? Or you keep quiet? Will you answer God when God asks you a question? Sometimes he asks you through the pastor. Or you just reject it. God expects us to answer him. God expects us to be humble. Be honest about ourselves. Answer him and repent when he corrects us. We need to say, yes, Lord, I'm sorry. I am wrong. I have been stubborn. You need to answer him. Amen? Cain did not do well. He did not respond to God. Actually, Cain had no right or no good reason to get angry at anybody at all. No one did anything wrong to him. But he was so angry with God and angry with his brother. He was too prideful to admit that he was wrong. He was not willing to receive any correction and he was not willing to repent. Millions of Christians around the world are in the position of Cain right now. Yesterday, I talked to Pastor Hilmut. I studied the Word of God about Cain, Abel, Joseph, David, about Judas, about people in the Bible. And I thought that is an old story in the Bible. But I talked to Pastor Hilmut. You know, in 21st century, we still have the same kind of people like Cain today. Exactly the same. But they may not kill me yet because they're afraid to go to jail if they kill me. Millions of Christians are in the same place of Cain position right now. They have been bitter, angry, upset for years. They go to work. They make income. They stop going to church. When God gave them correction, they got mad and they blame the preachers Blame God, blame their spouse, blame their co-workers and friends at church. They did not want to receive any correction. They're very stubborn and they don't want to repent. And they are tormented by the broken relationship with God and with other people. Very stubborn. And many people who claim to be Christians are acting that way. Genesis 4-7. If you do well, Will you not be accepted? God gave him a chance. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin crouches at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. God gave him a way out from problem. He was in trouble. He was bitter, tormented, angry, upset, not happy at all. God gave him a way out. He was telling Cain, if you repent, if you do well, come back. I forgive you. 
and we start over again. I will forget the past and start over again. Make it right. Do the right thing. I will accept your repentance. I will forgive you. I forget it about what you did yesterday. What should Cain have said? Cain should have said, "Thank you, Lord. You love me so much. I know better, but I was stubborn. I was rebellious. I did not honor you. Please forgive me of my lack of honoring you. Forgive me of." Not doing the right thing before you. I want you to forgive me. Wait a couple hours. I'm gonna go to my farm. I'm gonna pick the best vegetable, the most good-looking grapes and orange, and I'm gonna bring them back to you to keep offering to you. And please forgive me. From today on, I will honor you with my life. If he would have done that, the story will be changed. And the next verse. In verse eight, will be recorded in a different way, but he did not. Cain chose to be prideful, unrepentant, rebellious, not giving in to God. He stayed being tormented by bad relationship with God, and he his condition got worse. He stayed in anger. How many seconds God want you to be in bitterness and angry anger? How many seconds? Zero. He want you to repent very quickly and get out from bitterness as soon as possible. Whose fault was it that Cain was in the dark place? Whose fault? Cain's fault. Not Abel's fault. Not God's fault. How long that he should be in that condition? Not even one second. Amen. Cain has the full responsibility in making his decision. He thought that it was Abel's fault. He blamed Abel big time, and then what happened? He fell into the devil's trap. Please be responsible for your own action. Please receive correction from God. Please don't blame anybody. Don't blame your husband. Don't blame the pastor. Don't blame the government, the Uncle Sam. You do it. You change. Amen. Amen. Don't let yourself fixate on somebody else and blame them that they have a problem. Envy and bitterness are devilish, hellish. Genesis chapter 4 verse 8. And Cain said to his brother, "Let us go out to the field." And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, and Abel his brother, and killed him. Wow, this is a we call premeditation. It's the plan killing process. He planned to kill his brother. It doesn't happen by accident. He make a plan. Let's go out. He was so resentful. He was so bitter. He gonna confront Abel. He come to Abel and say, "Hey, Abel, you make me mad. Why did you do this?" And Abel said, "What? What? What? What did I do? I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, you want to show off? You gave the best of the firstborn lambs and make my offering look bad." 
You're a bad brother. And Abel said, I never thought about you. I just want to honor my God. I, I just want to do the best. And Cain said, I don't care what you say. You are the problem. You make me look bad. And after that, he pulled out his knife. This is my imagination. He pulled out his knife. He cut his throat. Why is think about cutting his throat? Because on here, there, is a, there are two vessels called internal carotid artery. The internal carotid artery sends blood to the brain. And when you cut that artery, it will shoot like mad out and you die soon. Why I say that? Because Genesis chapter 4 verse 10 say, and he said, what have you done? God confronted him. The voice of your brother's blood cried out to me from the ground. I don't think he just knocked on the head, fall down and die. I believe he cut something and the blood came out. The blood came out from the body of Abel and that blood went, tell God, this is not fair. I got killed by my brother. Let me read from the message translation in First John. Are you happy to learn about Cain today? You look so happy today. First John 3.12. 1 John 3.12 We must not be like Cain who joined the evil one and then killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because he was deep in the practice of evil. Why the acts of his brother was righteous. When and how did Cain join the devil? When and how? At the moment, he received correction and he did not repent. The moment that he made a choice not to receive correction and not to repent and not to yield to God or give in to God. Let me tell you this truth, this fact of life. You cannot go two ways at the same time. If I turn left, I walk. To left, I cannot go right. Is that right? If I turn right, I go right. I walk to the right, I go right. This is the way of life. You choose. If you don't go one way, automatically, you're going to go another way. If you don't choose God's way to repent and get right with God, you're going to go into the way of the evil one. You automatically choose the way of the evil one. Cain was pondering about how bad his brother was to him. He was bitter, upset. When he began to ponder in his mind, Satan feed him. Oh, yes. Yeah, your brother was bad. Yeah, killed him. Get rid of him so that you will not be in the bad shape anymore. The devil kept speaking to him, and eventually... He joined the devil to kill his brother. He went so deep in sin because he did not listen to the correction of the Lord. My brother and sister, please, don't be like Cain. Some of you, maybe somebody come and correct you and you got so upset, so mad. They rub on me. Who they are to correct me. Or maybe your pastor or your 
care group leader come and talk to you and say, I think you need to change the way you live. That is not right. You're going to choose the way of Cain or not. It's up to you. If you choose the way of Cain, you will not respect that correction from the Lord, and you're going to start to get angry, be bitter, and you're going to be going downhill, and then you open the door for the devil to whisper to you. He is at the door crouching to get you, but because your heart is wrong, he's going to get you. What should we do? I'm going to conclude now. What should we do when we receive correction? I tell you, every one of us can face this. When we receive correction, the first reaction is our mind and our flesh. Our flesh is not born again. Our mind is not renewed totally yet. So our mind and the flesh will not work for righteousness, will not work for holiness. Our mind and flesh are going to say, argue right now, talk back, walk away, get mad, call people around and say, this guy is wrong. That is your flesh. But I want to let you know, you need to control your mind and your flesh. You need to let the Spirit of God inside your spirit control your mouth, bite your lips, and say, thank you so much for correcting me. I'm going to go home and think about this, and I'm going to change. I remember when I was a young boy, 13 to 18 years old, I was practicing taekwondo martial art every day at the martial art place every day. And when I punch in the wrong way, my master will slap on my hand and say, no, you punch, you make your fist this way. You punch this way. And I say, yes, sir. Hana, do, set, net. One, two, three, four in Korean. I have two choices. When he slap on my hand, I can cry like a baby and got mad at him. Or I'm going to say, yes, sir, I change. And after a few months, I became a better martial art guy because I received correction from my teacher or instructor. Let me conclude this. All of us, listen carefully. Now, conclusion, practical. All of us need correction off and on from time to time. Point to yourself, I need correction. When correction comes, we don't have to go through a spiral of bitterness, anger, hurt, depression, and take two years to recover. We don't need to. <laughs> Sometimes we're angry with the past over two years. It is ridiculous to be angry and bitter when you get correction. It is carnal and immature. Being bitter and refuse to repent open the door for the devil to influence us to do evil things eventually. I have people who left this church just because I corrected them and now their life doesn't go anywhere. Because the pastor correct and they say, I'm going to leave the church to show you that I don't care. 
What should we do when we hear the words of correction? We should bite our lips, control our mind, control our flesh, and say thank you. I will not complain. I will not argue. I will not get mad. Thank you, sir. I control my mind. I let the Holy Spirit control me. Let me read this scripture to you. Proverbs 29, verse 1. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. If you are corrected and you keep being stubborn, destruction come to you, don't blame God. Repentance is the way out. Proverbs 29 verse 23. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. People don't repent and don't receive correction because they are prideful. I know more than you. I never make mistake. Why you correct me? Jude chapter 1 verse 11. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the area of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. The Bible talks about the way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? I'm going to make a conclusion. Number one, Lack of respect, lack of honor. Don't honor God. If you don't honor God, you are in the way of Cain. Number two, not doing the right thing that you know you should do. Second one, the way of Cain. Number three, pride and anger instead of receiving correction and repenting. Number four, Blaming others. Refuse to take responsibility for my own actions. Five, hurting others when I am upset, hurt, and joy the devil to do the wrong thing. That is the way of Cain. I pray that you will not join the way of Cain and the devil. Amen? Don't refuse to receive the correction. Be humble. Be gentle. Honor the Lord. When the Lord talks to you something, you say, yes, Lord. Don't argue. Don't get mad. Don't blame other people. You are responsible for your own decision, your own talk, and your own action. Last conclusion. We should respect those who are over us in the Lord and listen to their correction. We should not think that, listen carefully, we should not think that we operate in our life in such a way that so perfect and never make mistake in our life even one time. We all have something to improve and to develop, all of us. Even I try to make the movie teaching into the YouTube. We improve all the time. We try to change. We try to develop new things. Even my preaching, I try to improve my preaching. Sometime I walk down, somebody hand me the paper. 
you said it wrongly. It's not, for example, apostolic. It should be apostolic or something. Do I say it right? Apostolic. <laughs> you see, I have accent. I'm not American born. So I say it wrong, so some people correct me. I say, thank you so much. I remember when I first came to America, I talked to my patient. Go to the airport. You need to go to the airport. I walk out, the nurse turned to me and say, not airport. Airport. I said, okay, airport. I got corrected by the nurse. We are not perfect. We can make mistakes in our career, in our job, in our ministry. Amen? God going to correct us, but the way he corrects us is not to bring cancer or car accident to us. He's going to talk to us through the word, by the spirit, and by the person over you in the Lord. He's going to reprove us, admonish us, off and on. And we must pass the test of being corrected so that we can get promotion. Promotion in finances, promotion in ministry, in anointing. If you want more, how many people want more anointing in your life? How many people want God to use you more? I tell you, you need to pass the test of being corrected by somebody. Have you ever thought this way? Somebody correct you in the church. Huh, I worked so hard for this church. I don't get any pay. I volunteer. I've done my best. I spend hours and hours to help this church. I believe I did the right thing the best I know how. Oh, I'm going to quit now. Pastor, you're so mean to me. You should appreciate me more. I have done my best. The point is not that you have done your best. The point is, Will you receive correction? Will you follow the way of Cain or you will receive correction? When I first worked at University of Washington, I got corrected all the time. Either my language, my culture, the way I handle people. People corrected me. Sometimes my boss, Dr. H. Richard, would call me in the office. My nickname is Mom. Mom! You should not do this. He was really mean to me. He's not a very gentle boss. And I, yes, Dr. Wynn, I will change. One day I was sitting at home around 2 p.m. in the afternoon at my house. I got a phone call. Hello, this is Dr. Wynn. You did something wrong. And I was thinking, I think I did my best. What did I do wrong? You should not do this. Do this. Okay, Dr. Wynn, I'm sorry. I will change next time. I am happy to change. Now I practice neurosurgery in Bellevue and Kirkland. I look back. One of the reasons that I can be a good neurosurgeon and very successful now because the professor in Thailand and Professor H. Richard Wynn corrected me often and I always say, I listen to you. At that time, I did not see it because I was so immature. I was so ignorant and too young to understand. Now, 25 years gone by, I look back. Thank God for the correction. They love me. 
they corrected me. Now I understand that it's good for me. I did not choose the way of Cain. I chose the right way. Again, we are not perfect. All of us have some rooms to develop, to grow, and to improve. It's good that we receive correction from time to time to improve. Amen? We should pray, Father, you love me, you correct me, discipline me. Lord, I humble myself to receive your correction. I will not argue. I will not be bitter. I will not be prideful like Cain. I will take responsibility to my own action, for my own action. I will not blame anybody. I am happy to repent, change the way of my life. I need your grace, Lord. I don't want to miss out on your grace. I don't want to live in bitterness. I need the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. How many people promise God that you will not choose the way of Cain? How many people say that you will not join the evil one? How many people say that you will control your flesh, your mouth, your mind, your emotion, and you're going to walk by the Holy Spirit? Amen. How many people say, I need the grace of God? I need the grace of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you may not be born again yet. Or some of you have backslidden. You walk away from God. I want to invite you to come back to relationship with God. It's tormenting not to have relationship with God. You will not be happy until your relationship with God is restored. I want to ask you to come back and start your life with God again. God said to Cain, yeah, you make mistake. That's okay. Today, start again. Start over. Bring the right offering. Repent and do the right thing. And everything will be fine. Should we do that today? If you have made mistake, you say, God, I was stubborn. I was so prideful today. I'm going to come back to relationship with my God. I repent of my sin. Why don't you follow my prayer? Father in heaven, I want to have a close relationship with you. I repent of my sin. Forgive me, Lord. Jesus, you are my Savior. You died on the cross to pay for my sin. Lord Jesus, sit on the throne of my life. You are my Lord and my Master. From today on, I will listen to you. I'm happy to repent, to change the way of my life. 
I need your grace, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I am born again. I have relationship with my Father now. I will walk with you every day. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, help all of us, Lord, that we all will be humble. We will not be prideful and stubborn. We will choose the way of King David, the way of Joseph, the way of Paul, the way of Jesus. We will not choose the way of Balaam, Cain. Esau, we want to do right before Your eyes, Lord. Help this church, Father, to repent easily, to get right with You every day, Lord. Thank You, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The worship was so humble and so beautiful. And all of a sudden, I saw the glorious throne room right here on the altar. And it was so bright and it was so brilliant. And then all of a sudden, I saw like shafts of his light, rays of his light going into each and every one of you. And it was like hitting you right in your heart. And it was as if he was saying, I'm inhabiting the the praises of my people. His glory, his glory light was affecting you. It It was meeting with you. It was drawing you to himself. And I also saw that he was just so pleased. And then he started gathering us to himself. It was as if he was bringing us into his glory, to his heart. It was like he was saying, you are mine. I am gathering you to myself. And I saw his hands almost like light. They were glowing like light. And I said, Lord, do you want me to bring this word forward? I was a little afraid. I didn't want to be that person to go forward without talking to pastor first. And so I shared this with him last week. And he said, oh, there will come a time when it will be appropriate. But I also saw something that was truly amazing. I saw a sword, a golden sword superimposed over the pulpit. And then I saw a pastor, but he was standing there. And I saw pastors superimposed upon this golden sword. And there were onyx stones on the hilt of the sword. And the onyx stones were on the shoulder pads of the ephod of the the high priests. So there's something significant there for us. These onyx stones held up the entire tribe of Israel, all the tribes of Israel, the responsibility of the weight of that priesthood. And I saw that on the hilt of this golden sword. And then pastor was superimposed upon this golden sword. And I saw that the Lord started spinning the sword and pastor began to spin also in this beautiful, glorious light vortex over the pulpit and it was as if he was saying this is my man I am going to use him to spread my light and my glory my word 
There is a truth here. There is a truth here, and he is doing something among this congregation through this pastor. And so, Father, we just thank you for that word. We thank you that you have invited us into your glory. We thank you for our pastor and for the word that he brings to us, the word of correction, the word of encouragement, the word that brings us into right alignment with your word, almighty God. We thank you for this man. We thank you, Father, that you are meeting us here, that your glory will shine out through us. You want us to be glory bringers. You want us to be filled with your your warmth and your glow. And Father, it says in Ephesians that we are to walk as children of light. I pray that each and every person here would take this word, this word from our anointed pastor, very seriously. The truth of the word is that it cuts, it cuts between soul and marrow, bone and spirit, bone and marrow, soul and spirit. If you are out of alignment with the word of God, say, I'm sorry, Lord. I come into alignment with you, Lord. Let your glory be seen through me. Let your glory be known through me. God has anointed this man to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set liberty to the captives, and give sight to the blind, and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And we are here witnessing this glory revival that will be loosed throughout this Northwest Territory. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we promise you, Lord, that we will build your kingdom, your church, for your glory, Lord. Not for any man in this room. We are nothing without you, Lord. We are your servant. Anoint all of us, Lord. Heaven is open over us. You lavished the grace and anointing, even greater than the book of Acts. You say in Acts chapter 4, great grace was upon them all. Therefore, Lord, greater grace than the book of Acts shall be upon us. Because you say in the Bible, Lord, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former house. And we are the latter house. Use your people in this church to preach the gospel, make disciples, touch life, heal the sick, cast out demons, set the captive free, change the desolate land into the fruitful land use all of us Father bless every family in this house they shall have more than enough to do every good thing Lord that you call them to do thank you Lord we believe you love New Hope International Church we believe you put us here in this city for the reason in this generation That is for bringing heaven into this earth. Your glory fill this earth. In the wonderful name of Yeshua Hamakshit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Those who have faith, receive by faith. 
Say thank you, Lord. I receive your love, your trust, your glory, your grace, your favor. Use me, O Lord. I shall be a faithful servant to the end. I run my race. I finish my course. I fight the good fight of the faith to the end. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm gonna be here to pray for people who need to be prayed for. Hallelujah. For a while, may the Lord bless all of you. Shower His blessing upon you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.